0: And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams. Ford Taylor in the house. What's going on, Ford?
1: Hello, Patrick Williams, my friend, P.W. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of good stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes it it gets more than we can handle, but we just keep on going. We take a few things off our plate and keep on trucking. So uh, life is good.
0: Yeah, my wife gave me a a very unique analogy today. Uh, uh, She's... uh, was speaking about our life and we're this train rolling down the tracks and uh, she's conducting and I'm putting the, putting the coal in the the (laughs) fire, making that thing, making that thing churn and steam.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like that analogy.
0: So, uh, Hey, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we went on air about, uh, you know, we're always positive glass half full. And I I think this will be, The last half full when we get to the end, but uh, we get a lot of questions about, um, we don't talk about failure a lot on this podcast. And uh, I think uh, this episode, we're going to dive in a little bit and um, maybe bring some clarity to some folks. But we're going to talk about why leaders fail. And uh, I thought it would be fun or helpful. I want to throw out some words along this topic, okay? Why leaders fail, and the first word I'm going to throw at you, Ford, and you're so good off the cuff, but um, I'm going to throw the first word out: trust. Why leaders fail, and Ford, let's talk about trust.
1: Yeah, you know, PW. One of the tools we teach about leaders failing is called bumper buddies. You know, and and I've shared on this podcast, and I, I share around the world. You know, one of my biggest failures in life was when I failed in my marriage, where I I cheated on Sandra. But, you know, it, and this tool that we teach it's called Bumper Buddies. And it's having people in our lives that, that bring two things to the table with us. And one of those is love. Uh, that means they love an, us enough to tell us if they see us getting off track. And the other one is trust. You know, that, that I could trust them enough that I could share it with them if I'm heading into a failure or if I've already had a failure. But so many of us have been hurt by other people. Uh, You know, we've had accountability partners. You know, we've shared things with someone and they went and shared it with someone else. And so our, our trust can go down. And, you know, this thing that we talk about, the trust continuum, on one end, we have people who trust completely until you give them a reason not to trust. And the other end, you have people that don't trust at all until you give them a reason to trust. And so the more hurt or pain that a person has had around this subject, uh, then the more they might not trust or be mistrusting of others, and the less pain they've had around it, or the more they've overcome those failures and those pains, the more trust they might have. So for us to be able to to really walk a lifestyle of fewer failures, you know, I, I don't know that we can walk a lifestyle of zero failures, but a lifestyle of fewer is to have people in our lives that we can trust them and they can trust us, that we can share whatever it is we need to share without being judged, condemned, knowing that we're going to help each other move either away from that potential failure or past a failure that we might have had.
0: Or we talk about uh, influence up, down, across, um, let's really go back to influencing down. So so I'm a leader. uh, You're a leader. Let's talk about a leader in a company. And let's specifically talk about lack of trust with the people that he leads, right? And uh, I think we could agree on that trust is earned through our behavior, not granted by our title or position. So how do I gain, keep, and not lose trust? Again, the subject of this podcast is why leaders fail. Let's talk about influencing down the wrong way. I've lost trust with the people that I lead,
1: right? Well, when a leader doesn't have trust in the people they lead, there could be a lot of reasons, uh, but one of them could be that somewhere either in the current team or the past team, that they've had either a low performer or low performers, or they've had people in their team with unhealthy relationships. And so what happens is the team becomes dysfunctional. And so if the leader isn't willing to deal with the people who are low performers, or unhealthy relationship, if they allow them to stay, the other people on the team will start probably becoming more like them and instead of being high performers with healthy relationships. And and then the further the trust goes down and then typically that leader will be very controlling. Uh, They'll want to know everything. They'll, They'll have their hands in every piece of everything. And when they start doing that, they lose further trust Because the people don't think that that leader believes they have the ability to do their job. So that could be one reason. Another reason could be that the team has not been taught, trained, and equipped so that they can be empowered to do their job. Well, most leaders who are mistrusting are probably going to try to do more of it themselves instead of doing the teaching, training, and equipping, uh, giving people the knowledge, the experience, and the tools they need so that they can empower, because once they empower, those trusting leaders, the one that trusts, uh, those are the ones that can explode in growth, because they now have way more capacity. So there could be a number of reasons, but it normally comes down to low performers with unhealthy relationships and how the leader deals with those.
0: We are talking about why leaders fail on Pat Williams with Ford Taylor. Ford, let's keep diving in here. Um, In TL, there's always that moment when you say when your words don't line up with your behavior, you lose all credibility. To me, that's the easiest way to lose trust. Say one thing, do something different, and people really just discount or don't listen anymore.
1: yeah, you know p w one of these leadership guys I know you know he says it like this, you know the the strength of a person's character is in direct proportion to their ability to receive feedback. And so it's so often that I see leaders in organizations that will say things like family first, families first, employees first, families first, employees first. So they, they speak, you know, what we call the relational language. And so they talk like they're highly relational, like their families, the employees, you know, they're the most important thing in their organization. But then when they act, when they behave, they make the transaction. They make growing sales, higher profits, you know, drive, drive, drive. And so when they do that, their words uh, and their behavior, their body language uh, and their tone, they don't line up. And when you say one thing and do something else, that is the quickest way in the world to lose trust with your people. Uh, You're a lot better off saying, I believe that we're supposed to drive, 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 drive. I believe we're supposed to increase profits, increase margins, you know, work 80 hours a week. You're better off saying that and doing it than you are saying family first and then doing that anyway. Uh, You'll have more trust if you actually are walking out what you say. So absolutely, you're right. You're spot on, P.W., and that doesn't just work in a company. That works in a church. It works with mom and dad. (laughs) You know, you scream at your kids, do not yell at your mother. It is not right to yell at your friends while you're yelling at them. I mean, there yeah. again, you'll lose trust with your children because your body language and your tone and your words don't line up. So it's not just in a company. It works across all these different spheres.
0: Before I was speaking to a group this week and uh, there was the um, offensive coordinator uh, to one of our local teams, which is getting ready to compete for the state championship. And we were talking about this very subject, when your words don't line up uh, with your behavior. Um, you know, we have a friend named Tim Kite and he talks about declared culture and real culture and that huge gap in the middle. And we were talking about sports teams and I challenged him. I said, Hey, when one of your better players don't meet the expectations that you've written on the wall or declared, uh, but you still feel compelled to play that player. And of course, this happens every Friday night and every Saturday afternoon, right? Um, yeah. Most of it we don't hear about, but talk about the this. It's like hitting the trust mountain with a sledgehammer. I mean, every time you do that, you're chipping away um, at the trust with that team or that organization.
1: Yeah, there's no question. You know, uh, PW, as you know, we teach this quadrant, and in this quadrant, in, in the upper right hand quadrant you have high performers with healthy relationships and the lower right-hand quadrant you have people with healthy relationships but they don't perform very well in the upper left-hand quadrant you have extremely high performers but they're destroying the people unhealthy relationships in the lower left-hand quadrant you have low performers and unhealthy relationships well the hardest quadrant to deal with is the one you just talked about It's that extremely high performer who also is destroying the relationships and so I, I tell sports coaches, I've done it myself when I've coached. i set what was considered the best player on the bench uh, six times in one game and told her when she was ready to, to play point guard, let me know, and I'd put her back in the game. But, uh, you know, a point guard's not shooting the ball all the time. You know, you want to play two or three, one of those positions, let me know. I'll put you back in. End of the game, she threw her shoes up against the wall. I mean, just threw it. Her mom came up to me after the game, and she was about ready to let me have it. And I looked at her, and I said, hang on a second. I said, we made a deal in our social covenant. You wait 24 hours if you're mad at the coach. It practice, the next practice, the young lady came up and apologized and said, Coach, I'm ready to play point guard. And I got all their goals at the beginning of the year. Um, PW, we started that season off two and nine. Okay. But once all those kids were put in the position that they said their goal, they wanted to play, we won the state championship in basketball. Now, uh, you can't do that. If you're going to let those high performers control what happens on the team. But once she was dealt with, here's what happens. Once you deal with that high performer, but relationally, she wasn't strong because she wanted to do it her way. Okay. But once you deal with that high performer and you move them from that quadrant over to the high performance with healthy relationships, here's what happens. Any other, what I, we call those lean outers. You know, they're leaning out of the team. They're leaning out of the organization. When you bring a lean outer over to that quadrant, any other people on the team or in the company that might be a lean outer, guess what? They come with them. Why? They trust the coach, they trust the boss. Now, if you take that lean outer and you set them on the bench, like I did, or you remove them from the organization, which we've seen people do the same thing happens. Even though they're your highest performer, most people believe that your organization will go down in success, but right the opposite happens. What happens is the rest of the organization, whatever that is, family, sports team, company, whatever it is, classroom, what happens is the trust of all the other people on your team, it goes up. And, the, and all of their performance goes up. And so the overall performance of the team, it goes up, even though your highest, most productive person may not be on the team anymore or may be sitting on the bench until they decide they want to get in. And then all of a sudden, everybody's performance goes up. Yeah, I, I, we watch it over and over again. And when you watch the most successful coaches, the most successful business people over time, and I'm talking about success based on um, they're winning and people want to come play for their teams. Uh, we have a football team in America that a lot of people want to play for. Well, there's a reason. Look at the coach. And I don't care if you like him or not. Look at the people. You just don't ever hear anything bad about this guy from his players. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He holds them accountable. And he's relational with them at the same time. So, yeah, you want to blow trust. Let a high performer. That's relationally poor. Stay in the game, stay on the team, and watch the performance of the team. Eventually, it'll it'll go down. It will implode.
0: Ford, uh, as we continue to talk about why leaders fail, we uh, are diving into the word trust. Um, I want to transition to another word, Ford. Um, let's talk about clarity. And I hear from leaders all the time, or let me say, I hear from people who work for leaders all the time. And this seems like a simple thing that leaders really aren't very good at, and that's um, letting their expectations uh, be known and to speak with exceptional clarity and put it in writing and then go back and evaluate. Why do leaders fail at this over and over again?
1: Well, PW, there's two reasons. One is, as you've heard me say, I I think most well, I think everyone's smart, gifted, or talented in at least one area. And many people are smart, gifted, or talented in many areas. And I think 97% of the world have have big hearts. And, that, but there's, but for some reason, that's not who we hear about all the time. Well, it's because we're hearing about that small percentage, as opposed to the bigger percentage. Well, why do I believe that's true? One reason is, I believe they don't have the tools. You know, we've made leadership about motivation, inspiration. Uh, we've left practical and implementable. So, one thing is, I don't know that the leaders have the tools. You know, when we go into organizations, as you know, we talk about the top seven constraints in almost every organization. And one of those is the lack of a clear vision. Well, one, if you've not written down a clear vision with purpose and mission, with clear objectives, clear strategies, and, and clear actions, whether it's a sports team or a company, Or any organization, if you don't have it written down, there's no way you can communicate it. You know, another uh, constraint is role clarity. And what does role clarity mean? It means job description. You ready? And from that job description, you talk about what does success look like. And once they know what success looks like, you now write down what are the rewards if you hit it, and what are the consequences if you don't. Well, I would say a lot of leaders don't even know those tools. So they, they can't communicate them. Uh, and of course, one of the top seven is poor communication, right? And so when you do all of those things, so if you don't have a clear vision, if people don't really know what their role is, you can't communicate it. And if they do and you don't communicate it, guess what happens? We're right back to that trust issue again. Uh, you know, people in my generation, if you look at the research, it shows that we could assumed we were doing a good job unless we were told we weren't. Uh, People in the two generations after me, uh, the Y's and the Z's, they assume that they're not doing a good job unless they're told they are. And so they're looking for that feedback, that communication is the word you use. They want want to be communicated with on what's expected and how they're doing on hitting the mark. And I, I just think a lot of leaders don't understand that. And because they don't understand it, they don't do it. I don't know that it's so intentional as much as as it might be out of ignorance. But without clarity, you go right back to that trust issue. And then all of a sudden people quit because they're going to try to find a place to play or a place to work that they can get
0: that. Ford, I read and I wish I would have. Ripped it out of the magazine. I was sitting somewhere and maybe it was Forbes. We're talking about the workplace today, this environment. Um, Why do leaders shortcut? I mean, we can't, leaders are saying to me they can't find help, can't hire people, right? People are getting paid to stay home. And it seems like your leadership skills would be better because you have to be better. And it seems like they're taking shortcuts and they're accepting poor behavior. They're not holding anybody accountable. They're not communicating with clarity. And it's almost like a double, like this car is going off the cliff. No one's pulling the brake. No one's turning left or right. What is going on right now as far as why leaders fail? Why are they putting up with what they're putting up with?
1: Well, you, you said something a while ago that when you talk to the coach and what we call it is the real self and the ideal self. You know, this gap between who we really are and either who we put ourselves out to be or we aspire to be. And so what happens when that gap comes, stress kicks in, and when stress kicks in, our dopamine, our serotonin go down, we get an anxiety, uh, depression, and then we basically become illogical. And, and, and then anger kicks in, epinephrine kicks in, the brain gets small, and so we start making illogical decisions. And again, this, this takes us back to that trust thing. And so when we're making illogical decisions, our people aren't stupid, they can see it and they don't trust us. Uh, Yesterday, PW, I was on with somebody else's thing, not ours, and they asked me, you know, kind of what's been going on this year? And I said, well, you know, most of you know that uh, I historically for a few years have been traveling internationally 35 to 50% of my time. And since COVID, I haven't been able to do that. So this particular year, Uh, I've taken on a lot more consulting clients than I normally do just because I've had time. And I said, I I guess I had forgotten when I'm only working with one or two a year, I guess I'd forgotten working with five and then three executive coaching clients, not only how much fun this is, but how easy it is for leaders when they do the right thing to build that trust, which is stage, stage one, which we call visionary, build the trust. Stage two is cohesive, which we call servant leadership. How, to get people to, how easy it is for people to grasp that when they understand it, and how easy it is, I hate to say this, to make money. It, it, but it's just, it's just such a simple formula, uh, you know, because it moves them into the role clarity, the functional responsibility. And so I said, you know, this year it's been a lot of fun because I've been able to really apply that in a lot more places than, I've, than when I'm traveling internationally and, you know, doing ministry work or working with governments and who it may take longer. To, to grasp these principles. But it's fun because in these businesses, they know that when they grasp them, what it does for their bottom line. And in that first one, number one, we tell people, step number one, stage one on any team is you gotta build trust. And if you don't build trust, everything else falls apart from there. And so, why do people fail? All these words you're talking about. Lack of trust, uh, lack of surrounding themselves with people uh, to bump them when they're struggling. Uh, lack of clarity around vision, role clarity, success, uh, consequences, the lack of the ability to hold people accountable. You know, all those words that you're talking about, empty gas tank. I mean, all those things uh, can cause us uh, stress that causes our brain to get small when we get angry. All those things that they, they go right into causing people not to trust us.
0: Ford, we do this podcast uh I remember the first meeting we had about it when you said, uh, hey, P-Dub, what do you think you want to host? And I, I think I remember asking you, Ford, you know, what outcome are you hoping to achieve? And you, know, you said, hey, I, I, if someone can get something out of every podcast, take back to their, their family, their workplace, their organization that can have a little impact in helping them be a better leader. I think of a lot of podcasts we do, we achieve that. But I think here, it, people, there's people listening right now that have had some failures. We've all had failures but sometimes they don't know how to fix it. So they just keep, you know, I don't like the word fail forward fast. I, I mean, I push back on that a little bit. I think if you're failing forward, instead of failing forward fast, why not press pause (laughs) and try to adjust and adapt to what you're doing, go get help. Listen to this podcast, uh, read a book, go find someone that is successful, ask for help instead of continuing to do the same thing over and over. Okay, Ford, I got a quiz for you. I'm going to start a phrase and I want you to finish and dive in on it. Tell me how you evaluate me,
1: and I will tell you how I will behave. If you evaluate me in an illogical way, do not complain about illogical behavior. And so, if this goes back to what we talked about earlier, if if people, if your children, if your employees if you're sports players, if you're classroom students, if they don't know how they're measured or how they're evaluated, then they don't know how to behave. If you do tell them that you're gonna measure them or evaluate them a certain way, and then you don't measure or evaluate them the way that you said you were, then don't complain that they behave illogically. If I tell someone on a team, uh, we are going to respect one another, period. What does that look like? We're not going to yell at each other. We're going to take a deep breath when we get angry, but we're going to honor one another. We're going to care about other people, and you are going to be measured on that. Yet, I start letting you yell at people, uh, being uh, disruptive in meetings, that, and I and I don't hold you accountable to that. In other words, I don't measure you to the standard or evaluate you to the standard that I told you. Then I can't complain that you're behaving that way because. If I measure you illogically, I cannot complain about illogical behavior. And I see this in organizations over and over again. Again, that comes back to they say one thing and then they measure a different way. And then they, and they, and they blame their children or they blame their employees or they blame their sports team. And, you know, I, I believe it's the parents fault. I, I believe it's my fault. Often when my children mess up, uh, I, I believe it's the boss's fault. Now, if we tell them how we're going to measure them, we evaluate, measure them based on that, hold them accountable to it, and they can't do it, and we let them stay in the organization, uh, and and there's no discipline, uh, which is training to elicit a certain pattern or behavior, then here we go again. You know, we we believe things like um, experience is the best teacher. You know, that's not true. Experience is not the best teacher. It's the consequences from the experience that's the best teacher. And so if there are no consequences, there is no teaching. Therefore, people keep behaving the same way. Yeah. Because even if I tell them they can't do that, and I let them keep doing it. I cannot complain that they keep doing it.
0: Good stuff from Ford Taylor. We're talking about why leaders fail. Uh, Ford, lots of gold nuggets in this podcast. Um, I'll close with this. Ford, uh, organizations can put people in a position of authority. But only the leader, through his behavior and earning trust, can put himself in a position of leadership. Uh, Good stuff today, my friend. Stay lit. I'm trying every day to love, influence, and transform. Uh, I know you're doing the same. Take us out of here, my brother.
1: Uh, You know, P.W., one of the greatest ways that a leader can have influence is so counter to what we believe. Uh, You know, you you've jokingly said to me, you know, in my own personal mission statement, uh, you know, it's out there on my website, which I put out there in 2020 and been going after it, not the vision, the purpose. That's different. But the mission statement says that I will walk out what I teach and I will do it through unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness and being dangerously transparent. And as you know, you've got friends where I've spoken at events that they brought me to, and they've said words to you like, man, he's awkwardly transparent. (laughs) Alarmingly. (laughs) Alarmingly, (laughs) awkwardly. I mean, all these words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, one of the things that a lot of leaders don't understand is that when you are that vulnerable with your team, uh, transparent with your team, then they know that you're human, and they know that you're going to understand when they make mistakes, If you've overcome some failures and you talk about them, they know that you know how to help them overcome theirs. And guess what happens? They trust you. Why? Because they know that it's to some level you're going to forgive them. Now you're not going to let them keep making the same mistake over and over again. But they know with that, they know they feel cared about. And the word we use is we say love. And when you when you're vulnerable and transparent and do some of the things that we talked about on this podcast. Guess what happens? They look at you and they say, I trust my leader because I know they love me. And I know if they love me, they care about me, I give them, I give them the influence over my life because I trust them. And in that place, that team, the people that work with you, they start working together in a different way. So it's real, it's pretty simple for you. Learn to love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.